Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang, goaltenders, what is up? to the Goalie Hacks community. Hope everyone is doing well, and thanks again for tuning back into the Goalie Hacks audio experience with your host, Mike Santaguida, here again. And uh, hopefully at this point, it, it seems like the om- Omicron uh, variant of COVID is sort of uh, already starting to peak, uh, hopefully not speaking too soon, which which means everyone should be getting ready to return to play in the coming weeks as things start to open up again. And uh, certainly the case here in Ontario where we've had some of the most aggressive lockdowns worldwide other than a, a few other places but you know like we mentioned uh weeks ago uh not even months ago on the show uh, you know the light at the end of the tunnel always eventually comes and in this case it seems like it's coming a lot sooner than probably a lot of people expected uh, granted how quickly the you know it hit and and is sort of working its way through the population pretty incredibly quickly and hopefully moving forward it just kind of becomes uh you know somewhat of a of a regular flu i mean uh, you know the the flu runs rampant every single year before after you know before covid after after uh h1n1 sars so the flu has just kind of been something that has been uh you know uh, rampant in in uh, the global population for a long time and obviously with the new variants it poses a, a lot more health risks to, to certain individuals but i think we're finally getting to a point where you know it's kind of just becoming like another flu which is uh which is good to hear obviously and 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 um you know not trying to take away from the seriousness of it all um, but hopefully that's kind of the direction we're trending in for the next few years so that way we don't have to continue to live through these COVID shutdowns uh, forever. I know it's frustrating for everyone, but uh, let's not waste any time introducing this week's guest. And Michael Garteg, former junior and college standout, now turned professional goaltending veteran, uh, playing overseas in one of the top leagues in Europe and Finland for an amazing organization there, and he's doing well this year. And in this conversation, we dive into the numerous ups and downs Mike's experienced and fought his way through uh, throughout his career, despite all the success he's had up to this point, how he was able to navigate all those challenges and some of the advice for all the younger goaltenders out there pursuing the NHL and, and a professional career. Uh, you know, what he would have done differently if he were to just do some chapters of his career over again, despite all the success he's had. And uh, Mike is just an awesome dude who's incredibly talented and hardworking, but uh, very down to earth. It was a privilege to have him on the show this week. I appreciate him making some time. And I know you guys are going to love this one. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat. Mike and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast. I'm excited to be joined today by another active pro goaltender, former BCHL champ turned college standout, now turned pro veteran. And that gentleman is Michael Garteg. And after growing up in Prince George, BC, uh, out in Western Canada, Mike went on to play in the BCHL for three seasons, playing over 135 games in the league, uh, winning several personal accolades, including the Goaltender of the Year Award two years in a row as well as a BCHL championship and an RBC Cup. And after graduating from junior, Mike went on to spend four years at Quinnipiac University, playing almost 125 games with the squad, winning several personal accolades and league titles as well over the years, uh, as well as making a national championship appearance. And after finishing college, Mike went on to make his pro debut with the Vancouver Canucks organization, and eventually going on years later to win an ECHL championship with the Newfoundland Growlers in 2019. And since then, Mike has gone on to play overseas in both the top Finnish league, Liga, as well as the DEL1 in Germany. And he's now accumulated over 205 pro games uh, played in his career so far, uh, becoming a professional goaltending veteran. And I couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show today to chat some goaltending development. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, right on, and and uh, great to have you on. I know you're you're busy in the middle of your season right now. Obviously, we're we're coming up to the the Christmas break, uh, but I know you're also uh, six seven hours of difference playing over in Finland at the moment. So appreciate you making some time. Uh, but hope you're doing well, and, and the season's sort of turning along well uh, for you up to this point as we try to get back to some level of normality from COVID the last couple of years. I hope there hasn't been uh, too much disruption up to this point, but uh, maybe, you know, you can just give us some insight on in how the season's going for you and your team so far and uh, some of the challenges you guys had to overcome due to COVID up to this point. 
Um, well, I think uh, we're, we've been pretty lucky here in Finland. Um, I think right now, like everywhere else, I think it's definitely coming and uh, we could see some changes. But um, we have we've had full capacity fans uh, the whole season. Uh, we play yeah. in a really big rink. Uh, so uh, you have to have like a vaccine passport and stuff like that, but uh, hasn't been a problem. And then, um, you know, early in the year uh, from a team standpoint, I think like we struggled early, but uh, we're mm. first place, first place right now. And nice um, from, from a personal standpoint, it's probably been a little challenging for myself as well. Like my numbers probably aren't where I, I would like them to be, but um, kind of in a 1A, 1B situation with the other goalie here. So we kind of split mm. games and, um, you know, I think when I came here, I thought I was going to be the starting goalie and um, it's kind of been uh, definitely a battle for starts and, uh, that's been challenging, but obviously the team success part of it like makes everything a lot easier because yeah. uh, this is a really really good chance to to win the league. So yeah, yeah. Do you think that's sort of uh, that's changed over the years? I mean, I think I f- I feel like that's a little remin- uh, reminiscent as well of sort of the way even North American pro hockey is going. Is that uh, um, you know obviously I mentioned you're playing the ECHL, you, you've had time in the NHL, AHL. Uh, you're just seeing that depth really come out across the globe now with with goalies, and it's not necessarily a one guy is is going to play all year just because of the amount of talent that there is out there, right? Yeah, I think it's becoming it is definitely becoming more common, probably for multiple reasons. Like one of them being that every goalie is at that level is probably capable of playing. So um, yeah, you know, I think a lot of it now is like trying to find time management to make sure that you're if you have the guy that you think is going to be able to win you the championship, then you got to make sure that he's as sharp as possible come playoff time. So I think when they, you know, like Florida, not now, but you know, at one point in the year where they could play Spencer Knight, like, you know, one, one in every four games, I think that was like Mm -hmm. a perfect combination, but um, you know, teams like that, those are the teams that you find. Like, I, I think that those, those teams go a long ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I wish you and your, your squad the best of luck as we, we roll through the winter here. But, um, you know, gave you a bit of an intro, but maybe you can just briefly uh, share a bit of your story, your background, how we got to where we are today. Oh, I mean, I think I think you kind of you kind of said it, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm from from a small town in northern British Columbia. Um, obviously, it's like a eat, sleep, breathe hockey kind of town, though. And um you know, I, I played there growing up and I actually played junior B um, instead of my third year midget. And then I, I went on to play in the BCHL. Uh, and then yeah. I played uh, four, year, four years at Quinnipiac University. And then I signed an NHL contract with the Vancouver Canucks, which ultimately put me in the ECHL um, with them for two years. And then my third year, uh, I played for, I signed with the Toronto Marlies, but I played in the ECHL with the Newfoundland Growlers where we ended up winning the championship. And then mm-hmm. I just, I decided from there to, to go to uh, Europe and um, I had no idea what I was getting into. And then um, I kind of was guided in the direction of like, I had an offer and I was from what I was told was basically stupid not to take it. And right. this was, this was coming from a lot of people high up in the hockey world. So um, I made the move over to Finland my first year in Tapura and then uh you know, from there, I kind of realized like, holy smokes, there's like, there's a career to be made over here in Europe and mm-hmm. changed my mindset completely. Cause I, I definitely wasn't sure how long I would, you know, continue doing that. But, um, you know, like the level of hockey so high, and then obviously you make a, you can make a comfortable living as well. And, um, just the lifestyle's a little different and, you know, the, the political side of maybe the North American thing is not so much here and, you can sure. just play, and if, if you play well, you get to play. And um, for me, I've enjoyed that part of it and just uh, kind of going day to day, but uh, enjoying my time. So that's kind of my career from 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 a standpoint, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll dive into, uh, you know, sort of how things are going uh, over over in Europe. So, you know, we kind of chat about it prior to recording. But um, why don't we just kind of dive right in your, your personal goaltending philosophy you know, your, your sort of three or four main pillars that you, you surround and build your game around and, and why you think they're so important. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's funny that you say that because I, I just turned 30 years old and like it seems like they're changing all the time. So 
Yeah, um, for sure. I think like no matter what level you're at or where you're playing, like you can always learn so much. And, um, you know, I think for, for me, like I've always been, well, I guess like quote unquote, you know, a gamer, which mm-hmm. is funny because I feel like that term is probably not used as much anymore, but, um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think like skating is so important and Mm. I, I've just tried to continually get better at skating. So, um, I think, I think that's the most important part about goaltending in general. If you can skate, get to, uh, the shot, uh, be square and be there early. then I think it kind of allows everything else to just fall into place. So Mm. I wouldn't even say four things. I would say skating and tracking the puck. Those are probably the two most important things. Yeah. So what do you do in terms of, I mean, I, I, uh, I totally agree. I think the game is just getting so fast and, uh, you know, even a testament to, to what you said about, um, you know, uh, sharing time, a lot of, a lot of one, a one B situations around, uh, just because, uh, the game's getting so fast, it's getting so hard on your body that, you know, the, those guys sort of need that break. It's tough to, to play, a an NHL 82 game season plus playoffs with one guy, he's going to be in shambles by the end of it. Um, but in terms of what you do to develop your skating, what are a few things that you do to, that you feel help take your skating to, you know, the next level to be ready for, for, for playing games? Well, I think obviously like the preparation you put in and like, I won't dive too much into detail, but like here in Finland, obviously, they put so much emphasis on goalie coaching in general. Mm. Like every team has a full time goalie coach, and like we we're on the ice so much, and we have so much time. So like it's it's this is crazy. Like I, I can't believe how how much as goalies we work here, and like we're on a set separate schedule than the for, the forwards and defensemen yeah, because wow. like we we do so much. But in saying that, like that's how you get better and how you prepare because right we work on, we work on a lot of the same stuff every day, but it's, it's like such good repetition and preparation that when you get thrown into that game, like you don't think you just do it, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm, I'm good friends with Justin Goldman from the the goalie guild and he's very much, uh, you know, keen on uh, finish, finish goalie training. A lot of guys have been very keen on studying finish goaltending. I've heard, I've heard great things about it. Obviously I hadn't uh, personally had a chance to head over there. Um, but, uh, you know, hear nothing but good things, but for, for number two that you said you're tracking, um, you know, why do you think that's so important and, and maybe just, uh, something you do to, to help work on that, that kids can do at home? Uh, I mean, I think tracking, I mean, simply put, like, if you're not watching the puck, then, then there's a good chance that it could go in the net. So, uh, right. For sure. I, I think like, uh, again, like repetition on the ice is so important, even if it's just simple, simple saves, even if you're on your knees, just hands and hands and body. But, um, I mean, off the ice, it goes to the same stuff. Like, uh, like here in, uh, Helsinki, we do like lots of off ice tennis ball drills, reaction Mm. drills with like laser, laser pointer, those, those things, I don't know what they're called, but you know, they light up and you got to smack them and you know, yeah, it's like a visual board. Yeah. So we do, we do stuff like that. And I, I yeah. think that again, like for me, it's crazy cause I'm, I'm 30 years old and I'm like, I, you know, in the middle to the end of my career and I'm just like still learning all these new things. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's crazy. Cause like, imagine having these tools that, that these kids can have now when they're like 10, 11, 12 yeah, years old. It's just like crazy. Yeah. They, you can even, uh, all of the visual training systems now there, everybody's sort of making like these because uh, I know the light board is, I, I think it's called the DynaVision is the one you're referring to. I'm uh, I'm not sure if it's a different one, but it's clunky. It's like 15 grand to, to have one, you know, but now you can have the s- uh, same visual training tools at home and, and sort of the palm of your hand and things are obviously with COVID, everybody's, you know, in terms of a, a product standpoint, all these companies have pivoted to a more mobile option so people can kind of train at home, right? So uh, it's definitely changed a lot. I'm not far off from you. I'm 28 now. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's crazy to just see where the game and and training has come from the nineties when I first started playing. Right. So, um, you know, I I mentioned you grew up playing out in in BC and Western Canada, primarily, uh, you made your, your junior debut, uh, in junior a in 2008, nine, you said you played some, uh, junior B prior to that. And, um, Obviously, I'm familiar with, with Out West there, and, and the Junior B circuit is, uh, 
much stronger, I would say, than the, than the rest of Canada. What was sort of your your decision behind making that jump to junior junior B versus playing uh, another year of midget, uh, if you don't mind? Yeah. Uh, see, like I don't know what it's like now, and I, I can't. Like I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not sure what that league that I played in is like now, but I know that when I played in that league, it was it was really well respected, and lots of guys were you know, going up to junior A or the WHL or yeah. whatever it was from there. So uh, my theory behind it was I was my third year midget. I actually made a junior A team and um, I was there for about two months and I, I only played one game and then I got released. And when I got released, I kind of my my uh, midget team really wanted me to come back and they they, they fully unexpected me to come back as a third year. And um, my mindset at the time, I just figured, you know, I was playing junior hockey and I kind of just wanted to continue playing junior hockey. Mm. Um, mm. I think like the situation in itself just couldn't have worked out any better because I went to a team that had a coach who was so passionate about like moving players on and just like, right. that was his main goal. And, uh, he, I got there, he, you know, I was, I needed to go to school. So I enrolled in high school and it's crazy is a town of like 2,500 people. And uh, oh, wow. you know, like the high school, the high school has got like, you know, I had like four or five kids in my classes and stuff. It was, it was, uh, it's like it you're was, going to uh, private school or something. Yeah, it was very eye opening for sure. So, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was crazy experience, but what, what ended up happening is I ended up playing a lot and, um, yeah, right. We were like, we were like an okay team and that was probably also a good thing because, there's a lot of games where I got like 40, 40, 50 shots and right. um, I ended up developing, I think a lot as a, as a goalie and maybe a person yeah. too. And then um, he asked me, he said, where do you want to, where do you want to affiliate like this year? And I said, mm -hmm. uh, Powell river. And yeah, sure enough, I affiliated with Powell river. And then, uh, you know, uh, next year I signed there and uh, yeah. just like cra crazy, you know? Yeah. And you know, you, you, um, you kind of said, you, you know, you're with a junior A team to start the year. Uh, you played one game there. You know, when you're sort of making that jump, what, what was probably like the biggest surprise for you when you when you tried to make that jump to juniors from minor hockey initially? Oh, man, it was like I was like, for one, I definitely probably wasn't like close to being good enough at all. And I just right. I was very lucky, I think, lucky in the situation to make the team. And I, I was from Prince George and I made the Cornell Millionaires, which was like an hour away. And right not a very good team usually. And, uh, what the big difference there was, what was hard for me is that I played minor hockey. So you play all the time, you're playing tournaments and whatever. And then right. I signed there and our starting goalie was, uh, like the best, one of the best goalies in the league. Mm. And he played, he played every game. So I was like, I went from like playing tournaments and, you know, you're playing like three games in three days and right wearing what wearing wet gear and doing all that stuff and then all of a sudden it's like okay i haven't played a game in like two months i'm 17 yeah. years old like or maybe i was even 16 years old it's like uh you're like, kind of like well that's a pretty hard adjustment so right that was probably challenging yeah yeah obviously for a lot of kids you're you know when you kind of make that jump even when you're making that jump into the junior to college it's sort of learning to uh, learning to, to play alongside somebody else. And uh, like we mentioned earlier in the conversation, I think that's even more prominent these days is, you know, learning how to kind of manage your, your schedule and, and your practice and your, uh, your training away from games just so you can be ready for when you, you know, when you do finally get that opportunity, because regardless of, uh, you know, how many games you've played, when you do get in the net, you still need to get the same result, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something that I've learned so much in, uh, in, in the professional world of playing hockey. It's like, you know, people complain about not getting opportunities or chances. And like, yeah, you, you got to realize that when you get one, that that might be it. And right. I think that that took me a couple of years to really understand that because mm -hmm. my first year when I played in the, when I played in the American league, I, I got, I got eight starts, but like they were, I always thought they were really tough starts. Like I played on the third game of three nights on a right, Sunday right. in Toronto. And I'm, I'm like, I kind of was thinking all the time, you know, oh, they're not setting me up for success. Like that's for sure. And then I look back on it now, six years later, and I'm like, well, that was a chance. Like all I had to do right, was right. be ready and be prepared. Like that, you know, how do you think these goalies play? How they get their chances in the NHL? It's no different, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I guess looking back, uh, you know, you, you made the jump to, to junior full time in 2009, 10, uh, for kids looking to make a, a smooth transition to junior hockey in the near future, uh, or one day, what's some advice you want to share with kids out there that, uh, you know, maybe you wish you knew that, uh, uh, knew then what you know now when you were making the jump from like minor hockey to junior hockey. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like, you got to go in with an open mindset and Mm. like doesn't matter doesn't matter what you did at the minor hockey level I think playing junior is a whole new ball game so um, I think like you go in with an open mindset and you just put your nose down and work as hard as possible and you you kind of you have to learn from whoever is coaching if there's a goalie coach you got to really mm-hmm. obviously take advantage of that and then um, yeah I mean I think always the goalies goalies should be one of the hardest working guys on the team so yeah um, yeah absolutely I always find that, that important no matter what level you're at so yeah yeah well obviously that led into uh you know your last two junior seasons you're named the top goaltender in the league uh, as well as winning a bchl championship uh western regional championship and the national title the rbc cup uh amazing feats to accomplish uh but for kids listening out there looking to sort of reach that level one day you know what, what do you think are some of the most important characteristics of you know becoming a champion and, and being able to break through on those challenges when you get there yeah, I mean, um, it's, uh, I think, like, for me personally, as a goaltender, like, my, probably one of my biggest, uh, I guess you'd say, like, a, a tribute, or, like, one mm-hmm. of the best parts about my game is that I'm, like, ultra competitive, like, mm. sometimes, sometimes so much that it, it, it can be a bad thing, I think, but I, I, I always, like no matter what the situation is, if it's in practice or a game, like I'm just want to win so bad. And right. Um, I think, I think that's kind of like, I think guys see that. And, and obviously when you have a winning team, like most guys probably are that way. And then um, when it came to me, I think some, maybe it just, it could rub off on my teammates a little bit and they just saw like how hungry I was all the time wanting to mm-hmm. win. And, you know, sometimes it wasn't even the the low scoring games; it was the high scoring games where you make right. one big save to just preserve a win or whatever it might be. And um, you know, winning a ch- championship in that level—I mean, the year I, we won there was we were so good. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, just you have you always have to have a special group of guys, obviously. And then we just had to like just the perfect mix of everything, and it's kind of how how it went. Yeah. So what do you think contributed, you know, uh, to your personal success in, in your final two years of journey, uh, junior uh, that sort of helped you break through and win all those championships your final year versus having a, a personal best year previously in 2010-11? Uh, uh, I think I, as a goalie, obviously, you're, you have to be surrounded by the right people. And like, mm. of course, like you as a goalie can be uh, you, you know, you can be talented and be good, but obviously having a good team around you is everything. I mean, you know, you see goalies in the NHL or at the top levels that, you know, if they play on a bad team, their chances are they're, they're not going to really, you know, shine as much as they will if they yeah, play for, for sure. Bay Lightning or whatever it is. Right. So um, <laughs> I obviously have so much, so much credit for, for, for those like teams I've played for. I've always, I've been really lucky and played for some good teams and yeah. Um, yeah that obviously really helps, but I think, um, I always, always wanting to and willing to like put in the work and like, I'm not really a huge off ice guy. I never really have been like, I put in the work and the time that I have to, but I think everything I try to do is on the ice and like, I'll be the first guy out there or the last guy off. It doesn't really mm. matter. So, um, mm. I've kind of done that my whole career and, and I, I did that in juniors and, uh, I did that in college and, and continue doing that in pros. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, in, in 2012-13, you know, you, you made the jump to D1 hockey for uh, playing for Quinnipiac University. Uh, maybe you can just share with everyone, you know, where you struggled the most initially after being so successful in junior hockey. Um, again, again, it's actually, it probably goes back to just someone going from minor hockey to, to junior level. It was no yeah. different. I, I went from winning uh, the championship in junior A and being goalie of the year to going into Quinnipiac thinking like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there and I'm going to do exactly the same thing. And <laughs> I, li- I, I literally thought that like I, my mindset was so naive that I, I legitimately thought when I went into Quinnipiac, I was going to be the starting goalie and there's no yeah. way I shouldn't be the starting goalie. And, and, uh, I went there and I got humbled extremely quickly and, 
Um, my starting goalie that year in college was like top three Hobie Baker finalist goalie, wow. uh, college goalie of the year. He signed with the Penguins. Like <laughs> I, I learned pretty fast. I was like, okay. So uh, the one thing I learned from, from, from that whole situation was uh, I learned how to work again mm -hmm. and uh, I learned how to work like in a more humble fashion and realize, okay, this is going to make me hungry because next year when I get that opportunity, if I get that opportunity, like I'm not letting go of this thing. So it's <laughs> kind of what yeah, happens. No kidding. Eh? Well, I mean, you know, it's, uh, when you go to college, it's, it's, a, it's sort of a, a team of superstars, right? Like everybody was sort of standoutish when they, wherever they played junior. Um, and, uh, obviously you gotta, you gotta earn it again. It's like, constantly every level you go up you you start at sort of the bottom of the totem pole no matter what your kind of accomplishments were prior and you gotta you know build more reputation build more trust with the coaching staff and then obviously battle with the guys that have sort of put in their dues already there um but you know you, you go on to have an, an amazing college career winning several personal and team accolades uh being very standoutish in, in your four years at school additionally starting over 125 games with the squad uh, but for kids at home looking to make the jump to, to D1 hockey one day and be successful, you know, what do, what do you think is one of the most important skills that they can start developing today that will help them transition to college hockey much smoother when they finally get there? I think like time management, uh, something that like you go from junior hockey, you sleep in, you can uh, play video games and do all that stuff. Whereas right. uh, when you go to college, obviously you can't do that. So um or well, you can, but you might not be successful. So um, I think learning how to <laughs> learn, learning how to, uh, you know, like you practice in the middle of the day, you might have classes before and after, and then you got homework and group right. projects and stuff like that. So I, I, th I found that part was a little challenging, but, um, you know, college to me, like I'm obviously very biased, but like that route for a goaltender is like, if you're playing uh, is is uh so valuable because you yeah, have so much sure. time to, so much time to develop and uh be in the gym and uh like become stronger faster work on stuff if you have a good goalie coach like there's just so many little things that you can like become like that's how mm -hmm. you become a professional is by doing that stuff you know yeah yeah and another aspect too is just um sort of that age gap as well i would say i would i would just add to that you know obviously lengthens your career a bit and then you know you're also playing against guys who are up to you know these days 24 25 years old and then by the time you jump into pro hockey you know you have all these younger guys coming out of major junior that are only you know uh, 18 19 20 uh, and that age gap gives you some more time to just develop in its own right yeah yeah 100 percent. like it's so valuable for goalies and players like there's lots of guys I played with that came in at 155 pounds and they left four years later at 185 and yeah, you know, it's just, uh, stuff like that. So it, it's, it's such a good experience for me personally. I had an awesome experience and, um, the jump from junior to college, you know, overall was probably just like that humbling experience. And I think a yeah. lot of guys go through that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, for sure. So where do, where do you think you made the biggest pivot in your game throughout college years, uh, throughout your college years to help you, you know, to continue to excel at the college level after junior hockey? I think like in my college career, like I think the turning point was um, my junior year. So my third year there, my, mm. my first year as a sophomore, I played every game and I probably shouldn't have. Like if I look back, I, I don't think I should have played every game. Mm. I, uh, I just... I wasn't probably ready to do that, but obviously I'm happy and thankful that I did. But uh, the next year as a junior, I, I struggled like the first five games of the season, like so bad. And mm. uh, right, like my numbers that year, I don't, I don't know what I finished with in terms of like save percentage, but like if you take away my first five games of the year, like I'm, I was high up there, but those first five <laughs> games killed me in, in terms of stats. But yeah, um, that was my turning point because I, I ended up like having pretty decent numbers. And then I actually, I, I talked to some teams and I might actually be able to play pro hockey. Right. I never even thought of that. I, I was just trying to play <laughs> games and, uh, you know, it's like, like that competitive, like spirit in me was just like, I'm just trying to win hockey games, just win as much as I can and whatever. And um, I, I got a goalie coach our third year. We got a goalie coach, um, 
Jared Wayman, who's now like a goalie scout for Tampa Bay Lightning, but yeah. he came he came to us from so my third and fourth year, he became our team goalie coach, or like he was a volunteer goalie coach. But yeah, uh, he was he was really pivotal. He was really helpful and uh, kind of changed my game. And then um, also in those summers in between, I skated with a guy named Steve Valquette and mm. uh, kind of learned him learned a lot of like tracking. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. skated with him and we, we got onto this like whole tracking the puck thing and uh, like connecting your eyes and doing this kind of goalie nerdy stuff. And uh, I found that it was just crazy how much it, it helped me. And um, from then on, I was like, I, I kind of just felt like connected to, to right. the puck, I guess. And the, the junior and senior years were just like, you know, night and day from, from then. And, you know, I can't believe I'm still playing pro hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? Well, if you don't mind, um, you know, I, we, we like to, to make nerding out on goaltending cool on the show. Uh, you know, that's what that's why people love to, to come here and listen. If you don't mind just sharing maybe one thing from each coach in sort of some detail uh, that they sort of taught you that you, you felt helped, uh, you know, take your game to another level. Yeah, so like, for example, with Steve... Uh, Steve, Steve, this was like, it's kind of funny because I'm not saying that like he invented this whole, you know, tracking the puck with your head right. forward and all that stuff. But at the time there was very few people that talked about it or knew about it. And mm -hmm. uh, he was like, he was all over it. And uh, I was kind of lucky enough to be one of those first goalies that got to like work with him. And um, yeah, we, we, it was all about like having your your head your head's a little bit more forward than your body and then your your mm -hmm. eyes are always in the middle the middle of your socket so like instead of like it used to be like snap your head go to the puck right. uh in, instead of this it's like okay follow the puck with your eyes so you never take your eyes actually off the puck and then mm. um it just keeps you more connected to to the puck and then you don't like in nerding out terms, like if you take your eyes off the puck and go to the stick first, you actually are slower on the release because now you have to pick up the puck again mm. with your eyes. Whereas if you never take your eyes off the puck, you'd never have to pick up any like lost time because you're right. just connected to it the whole time. So, mm -hmm. so that was, that was me and Steve's theory, I guess. And um, that really helped me track the puck. And then with Jared, you, was you like, still use that today. Yeah, I mean, I try to as much as I can. I don't think about it as much, and and uh, For sure. I don't have like the 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 drills that like we did with Steve. Like it was very simple drills all the time, but it was very like helpful with tracking and like yeah, I was yeah. always I was always strong at that part of my game. Like always really good at tracking the puck because I was typically a pretty bad skater if we're being honest. So, mm. um, but then with Jared was that uh, he helped me a lot with my skating and like just kind of letting me just like play the game. So, um, he was, me and Jared are like friends to this day. And, uh, like he always just told me, you know, like, I'm just going to let you play your game, but I want to make mm. sure that you have some, some structure behind it. And, um, it, he was very awesome. And then, um, like moving forward to pro actually, like I'm not knocking on any of the goalie coaches I had in pro, but the, the two guys I had over here in Finland have just been like incredible. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, you, you know, you go on in, in 2016 to graduate from Quinnipiac and you get your pro debut in the, the Canucks organization, as we mentioned before. Uh, but maybe you can just detail to everyone what the, the hardest part about transitioning from, from college to pro hockey was initially for yourself. Um, again, I think it's it's almost like you're going from – it's like every transition is almost the same. Like you kind of just think every time you transition into it that you're just going to be – like where you left off, like, okay, my senior year in college, <laughs> I was like, you know, one of the better goalies in college hockey and good yeah. team lost in the national championship game. And you just like, you go into pro and I'm like, okay, well, I signed the, the NHL. Me and Thatcher Demko signed the same year. So I'm like, right. well, yeah, I just played Thatcher Demko in the frozen four again in Boston college and we won. So I was like, wow, I'll beat him out of a spot. Like, that's what I'm thinking. And then I'm like, like how, like, uh, like Thatcher Demko makes like 5 million a year now and I'm grinding in Finland. So, right. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's like, 
the naiveness of myself, which maybe that's why I'm successful because, uh, like that naiveness of like, just always thinking that, yeah, you, know, you believe in it, yourself, but, right? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I also like, I like to think that I'm pretty realistic about each situation as well, For but, sure. um, of course I, I, I believe in myself and, um, that was a rude awakening when I, when I went to, uh, my first year pro because they kept me in the American league for quite a long time. And then, mm-hmm. uh, there was, they were just carrying three goalies and I, I was like, just, just being a baby. And I was like, what am I doing here? Why am I a third goalie? Like, what am right, I doing? Right. And then fi- fi- finally the, the coach was like, well, I planned on keeping you here, but like, d- did you want to go to the coast? And I was like, yeah, like I want to play. So right. I'd rather, I'd rather play in the coast than sit in the stands here. And like, that was, you know, I look back on it and I'm like, well, maybe I could have just stayed and like, who knows something mm-hmm. could have happened. But, uh, long story short is I, I ended up going back up to the American league and I, I pretty much spent the whole year there. I just didn't play that much. And, mm. uh, Thatcher, Thatcher was the starting goalie and I was the backup. And, um, that adjustment from college to pro was again, that, that experience of just like not playing as much as you thought you would, and mm. maybe not having the success that you thought you would, because, uh, you know, it, it can be a snowball effect too. It just like once yeah. things start going bad, it's like pretty hard to get out of them. And um, yeah, for sure. it's pro hockey. Like that's how you get paid. So it's always in the back of your mind, no matter what level you're at playing professionally, like you're thinking, well, Matt, if I don't have a good year, then I'm not going to get paid. Or like, how am I yeah, going to get a contract yeah. if I'm not going to per- perform? So I find that that was challenging for sure in the – and the transition from college, like you're safe in college. You're not, you're not safe yeah. in pro hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously the, the transactions are high and, you know, like you said, the, the politics run even higher uh, of uh, just, uh, you know, everything going on around you it can be distracting at times, I guess. But, you know, for, for kids looking to make that jump to pro hockey in general, any level or, or the higher levels of pro hockey, you know, What's something that they should be more aware of uh, or, or some advice you have in terms of what they should be prepared for when they finally get there? Oh, I mean, I think like just being a good professional goes a long ways and mm. like, you know, just you, you have to learn how to do it yourself and pro or, you know, junior pro or junior college, like should prepare you for that. But um, it's your job now. So when you, when you turn, professional or try to turn professional like you got to treat it like a job so you got to put in the time and do the right things to make sure that you're successful so it's uh i think that's just the biggest thing you just got to of course have fun with it but at the same time you got to realize that that's what you do for a living so it changes a little bit yeah yeah and then in 2019 you know you make a move over the to the toronto maple leaf system uh spending the majority of the season newfoundland with the growlers uh, and you guys managed to go all the way and, and win the the league championship that year. Uh, what what do you think contributed so much to your success that year compared to your your previous few years playing pro hockey? Well, it's yeah. See, this is one where like I probably shouldn't even tell because it's like the wrong, it's like the wrong answer. But uh, I'm like, oh man, if anyone who played with me that year, if they actually you know, if you were a fly on the wall, it's like, holy smokes. Uh, anyways, my point is, is that I, uh, I actually had fully intended on retiring and not playing. So I was after those first two, after those first two years, I was like pretty frustrated and uh, right. No kidding. I, I was kind of like, okay, I I think I'm going to like, what I was actually doing was I was kind of putting my foot in the door with other jobs in hockey. And I was like, I had resumes and I was like meeting people and doing stuff like that. But more Part of me like was like coaching, okay, coaching like, side jobs, not playing. Yeah, like my uh, my fiance and I live in uh, New Hampshire in the U.S. So yeah, we, uh, like so I was like going to prep schools and meeting with like mm. athletic directors and stuff like that. So I was I was kind of like half in, half out. But um, it's funny, like you know, she she's very very supportive for me now and like at the yeah. time. I think she was kind of like well, at the time she probably wanted me to retire and yeah for sure but she did I say think, to me she did she said too. yeah so <laughs> she did say to me though she's she said uh like i feel like you can't i feel like you can't retire on like a year like that like i feel like you have to wow. you know get give a give it a shot like to at least say that you know that you could do it and i was like yeah you yeah. know what i think you're right and not worry about money or anything so i actually signed 
an ECHL contract with Newfoundland who had about mm-hmm. five players signed at the time because they were a, a expansion team. And yeah. uh, I signed there in like September. So like everything was already over and yeah, yeah. Uh, I signed there and I went to the Marley's. <laughs> this is a funny story. I went to the Marley's camp and I, uh, I went there, I met some of the guys. Uh, we had a, a physical not physical testing, just like uh, physicals for like your body on Monday. Yeah. On Tuesday, uh, we played a game. I played the game like a game. It was like a three on three game or something. Yeah. I uh, on Wednesday I handed I went to hand in my travel receipts like for the the my travel to get there. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, here's my travel receipts, and the the GM's like, yeah, Michael, actually uh, take a seat, and I was like. Okay. Oh, oh my, that's he's never like, good. <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, oh uh, yeah. So we're gonna send you down to Newfoundland, and I was like, what? Like, I was like, I was like laughing. I was like, because like at that point in my career, I was like, okay, I don't care. But I, I was like, just like already, like I was like yeah, only here for like two days, care. like. And uh, I, I went to hand in my travel receipts, and they sent me down. I was like, holy smoke, that was quick. Um, yeah. But uh, it's fun. It, it was it was so funny because. Uh, in the meeting, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, perfect. Actually, can I go back to New Hampshire and like pick up my car and drive to Newfoundland? And they're like, are you like, <laughs> they're like, you're not mad? Like, like you're, yeah, you're okay? No, I'm I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, no, I was like, this is perfect. Now I can go get my car. And so uh, anyways, long story short, though, is that uh, that year, I, it's just funny because I went to Newfoundland and then I, I had that mindset of just, uh playing like freely and just trying to have fun and just enjoying it. And I got, I got October, I got October goalie of the month in the ECHL. And then I signed with the Toronto Marlies and then I went up and played games right away. And then I, I just, I just like had this mindset of like, okay, I'm just going to have fun and no pressure, no stress. And I ended up getting paid. I ended up winning and having so much fun that I'm, I mean, if I didn't have that year, I wouldn't be playing to this day because I changed my whole mindset. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's obviously it's, it's funny that, uh, you know, it, it went, it went like that, but I think, uh, you know, obviously having played so many games now and, and played in so many different leagues and, uh, seen so many guys that, uh, you know, a lot of guys go through the, that, that same frustration of just trying to, you know, find their place, find, find a place where they're respected, build reputation, get in, get on some type of role, some kind of continuity, um, which is very hard to find in, in North American pro. And uh, when you finally get to that point where, um, you know, you, you kind of, you start playing a little more free, that's when everything kind of opens up for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think it was, uh, it was in January. Uh, I had accepted a job outside of professional hockey. So I was yeah. going to be a assistant, assistant coach at a prep school. And I, as a Canadian, I had to get a visa and I already had the visa and I had everything already planned out and I was fully on ready to retire. And then, um, it's pretty funny because like as playoffs started that head coach that I was going to be the assistant coach for kept messaging me and saying, ah, oh, guards, like, I have a feeling that you guys are going to win. And I'm not gonna get you. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to get you as an assistant coach. And then, uh, sure, sure, sure enough. We, we, we won and I go into my exit meeting with like the, like, uh, Lawrence Gilman, like, and the GMs and stuff. And I'm sitting there and the, he said to me, like, are you, are you going to retire? Like I heard what, that they, you have they a job caught a whiff of it or something. Yeah. And, 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 uh, I said, uh, I, yeah, I said, I'm, I'm considering it. I have a job opportunity and, he looked at me and he was like, I highly advise you not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, I was like, yeah. And then, then he told me, uh, it was cool. They actually had reoffered me to stay there, uh, yeah. on an age on an AHL contract for the next year. And, uh, I told him about the Finland thing and they actually pushed me to that direction, which I thought was wow. really, really cool. Yeah. Like they, they told me like, that's a, unreal organization and like a really top team like you can go there and do well and you can you can really open some doors for yourself so i was like oh, okay so sure enough uh hey honey uh we're moving to finland <laughs> and uh yeah like six weeks later there we are yeah well you know i mean uh 
205 pro games now, and you also played in the, in the DL as well. I know you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, it kind of surprised you when you when you got over there. Maybe you can kind of just share a bit of your experience overseas now compared to uh, your time in North America with everybody listening. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, both experiences are so great and both so valuable. And I, I always feel so fortunate to like still play hockey for a living. Yeah. So I'm so happy that it's all worked out the way it has. And um, it's so funny though because when I when I end up going to Finland, I, I went to Tapara, and I know nothing about European hockey. I know that the <laughs> Finnish league is 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 well respected. I definitely yeah. I knew that, and uh, I we won the championship. So I played in June and I had to report to Finland August 1st. And I'm like, wow. So I had like six weeks of summer and I'm, let's just say for me thinking I was going to retire and I wasn't in the greatest shape. And then right coming in, (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm in like six, six weeks of panic mode just to try to get in shape so I can go to to (laughs) Finland. And I, uh, I get there and I was just like blown away. I'm like, holy smokes. We're on the ice. Like every day where we are at the rink or the gym from like, let's say 7am till 3pm. Wow. And you're on, and you're on the ice twice a day and in your training, like twice a day. And mm-hmm. like, I was like, I got home like after a week and I'm like, I called my Shit, mom. Like, I, gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go home. What am I doing here? Like, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't George street in Newfoundland. Like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, um, it was, uh, and then it was challenging because like I, I was playing at the start of the year. I was like, I went like my first five games, I was like five and oh, and I had like two shutouts and wow. so I, I was like, okay, well, I'm definitely capable of playing in this league. And then yeah. like, but for whatever reason, I wasn't playing very much. So, mm. uh, I was still like not playing as much as I'd like to. And then um ironically enough second half of the year i played all a lot of the games and then Mm. um they told me like at the end of the year hey like it would have been for us it was more valuable for you to practice because we thought you could like benefit from the practice than you could a game and i I thought that was kind of crazy but i think they're actually kind of right so Mm. it's uh it's just crazy the the roads of pro hockey but um from there i ended up going to ingolstadt and the dl but like uh that was the COVID year. So I ended up going there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love, I loved Ingolstadt and I loved the Dell and like nothing but good things to say about it. But that obviously wasn't my first choice going there from uh, Tapara because I had like KHL offers for lots mm. of money and uh, like pretty cool opportunities to, to like make more money than I would have made for sure know, playing in, in uh, North America or anywhere. And, uh, the COVID thing kind of just fell through. And then I ended up like, I waited so long that I, I kind of had nothing and I ended up, right. You kind of had to go with that, which is funny because I mean, that's, that league is awesome league. Yeah, uh, for sure. Highly, highly regarded and everything like that. So it all worked out and I was really happy to go there because I, I played like every game and, yeah. Uh my goalie my goalie partner was a young kid and so I got to like be a little bit of a mentor and just play yeah. a lot of games and that was fun. Yeah. So so at this point in your career, um, you know, I think we've talked a lot about sort of the the transaction and, and the the minute side, the games played side, but you know, you know, it, maybe you can dive deeper if you want or something else, but what do you think's a, a big misconception among like amateur goaltenders and, and minor league parents and coaches that you think there should be more clarity on about pro hockey? Um, I think it, I think a lot of it is just like how hard it is. Like, yeah, we, we, we don't like, I think it's really hard to explain like even to someone like my, uh, like my fiance's parents or something. I think they understand it now because they've seen it for so long right. and uh, they see like the grinds and the ups and downs and stuff like that. And like, I think as a goalie, like we go through more ups and downs than players do. And like, uh, it's, it's, it's just so challenging. Um, people don't see from the outside, like the emotional part of it that we go through daily, like how, you know, you might play a bad game and like, it feels like everyone hates you or, yeah. You know, and then and then not to mention all the all the work that you put in and all the practice and the workouts and everything that you put in. And then it's like you know, you're not getting the results. It's pretty frustrating. Mm-hmm. Or 
it's pretty deflating when you feel like you're doing all that and you're not getting what you, what you want. So I think as an outsider, I, people think, oh man, pro hockey player, that's great. Like what a life. And yeah, believe me, it sure. is. It's awesome. It's awesome. Like I love it, <laughs> but um, there's a lot yeah. of uh, emotional stress and stuff like that, that I think uh, goes unnoticed because it, it can be challenging. Yeah. How, how do you sort of personally deal with that? I mean, if, if you feel comfortable sharing, you know, obviously it's, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're basically pointing to sort of the mental health side of it, which, you know, I, I mean, never, I personally never played pro hockey as high as the levels you did, but, um, you know, you still feel that even at the lower levels, just that emotional toll that, that every day takes on you of, of, it could be your last, you could be walking in, your bag could be packed. You never know type of thing. And, and then the same thing, you have one bad game and it feels like everything's the world just unravels all of a sudden after all the work you've put in or you put in all the work and you don't necessarily get that result. Like how do you personally deal with that and, and keep going? Obviously you've had such a, a successful long pro career up to this point. How, how do you think you've strung it together so well? Yeah. I mean, I always think I've, I've been mentally strong and like, that's been a part of my game where I've been able to succeed. And it's, it's funny because I'm now in year six or seven of pro hockey. And yeah. uh, like this, this year, for example, like I, I played a bad game and like, I played a bad game, not the team. Like I played a bad game and <laughs> lost and um, I didn't play for like, like six games or wow. seven games or something because yeah because uh we because my the other goalie went in and we won five in a row or something so wow you know they just rode with the hot hand and i'm sitting there like man like you play one bad game and and now you're not playing like that's yeah. so challenging right because you're so regretful and you're like but you can't you can't do anything because it's already over with so um i think the mental aspect of it for me is like i just everything i do i try to prepare as well as possible and like Mm -hmm. as frustrating and as hard as it can be I always try to make sure that I'm as prepared as possible like I'm lucky here because I have the resources with the goalie coach and and like our team we're, we're so we're a very good team so like yeah you just work I just I always found that if you're in a slump or you're just battling mentally physically I find that just working hard always gets you out of it and, and for me that's just you just put your head down you don't complain and you just mm. kind of go about it and and um, yeah. it seems to have worked worked this far so yeah yeah well you know i want to dive into your routines a little bit on and off the ice um you know people love this side just to, to hear what you do to prepare and, and to get ready uh for competition uh so maybe we we'll just start with your game day routine take us from you know maybe the night before to, to game time and, and how you get ready to play every day yeah i mean i think as i've gotten older it's gotten lesser like uh, I just found kind of what works and then I kind of stick to that like game night before nothing changes like you know I'm I'm probably eating a healthy dinner and you know try to get as much sleep as I can but otherwise it's pretty pretty regular and then uh, the day of the game I we have pregame skate and uh, then you know eat a meal and then go home um, and I, I I do nap but I, I probably sleep for like 40 45 mm. minutes or something and uh and then i'm at the rink and when i'm at the rink i i actually like i'm probably different than a lot of goalies i'm i keep it pretty light and i'm not yeah i, I try not to overdo i try not to overdo it because i found that earlier in my career when i was so focused and so like intense that i kind of struggled a little bit because i was almost yeah, obsessed too wound up. Where, yeah and like you just become consumed by it so i yeah i I try to keep it light. I play soccer with the guys and then um, I'll do like my own dynamic warm up, And then I actually juggle tennis balls uh, mm. like with myself and then against the wall and like on the ground. And then, um, and then I'm just getting dressed and then I'm going on the ice and um, yeah. I've done the water bottle, the water bottle thing, like with the drop of water, I've done that mm. for, I've done that for a really long time. So uh, like, I think I maybe started doing that in college. Um, I like, uh, it's one of the sports psychologists that I worked with back then had mentioned like this thing where you spray water in the air and you, you watch one drop just to like focus on it. And, uh, that's been, I've done that for like 10 years, which is pretty crazy. So, yeah. Um, is that, is that something you use to, you know, refocus you when you're in sort of a high stake situation? I actually just do it like every, pretty much every time I take a drink of my water, I'll, oh I'll, yeah. Like, <laughs> 
I'll, I'll squirt it and then I just watch one drop. And then it's funny because like sometimes in my head, which is funny because I've never actually revealed this because never, no one's ever actually, actually asked me about it. But <laughs> in my head, when I, when I actually, when I do it, I, I, I spray the water and then I, I see the drop. And then in my head, I'm actually like little drop next to the big drop. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, right, I'm actually yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're saying exactly I actually like say saying. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'll spray it and then I'm like, all right, the, it's like three drops, whatever. And then I'm, and then like, I don't know why or what, like, I don't know the reason behind it. I can't tell you, but I, yeah, I've done that for, for so long that, um, it's just like so normal in my routine that, that that's something I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, you basically do that every time you take a drink of water that, that helps you bridge your focus essentially like in between whistles type of thing. Yeah, exactly. I think like, yeah, it just keeps me like involved in the game, I think. And like, mm-hmm. uh, any little tool that you can have to, to do that. Like, uh, you know, I, I used to, I've had a mental coach, I've had sports psychologists, I've had yeah. all that throughout my career, like since I was young and, um, I don't, I don't use that stuff anymore. And, um, but I, I have always tried to take something away from at least one of them or whatever. And like another one that I have that I've always used and it's always been helpful for me is that it was like a thermometer and, mm. uh, this guy, this guy drew out, drew a thermometer and he, and he had like, okay, so when you're like playing good, you're like a seven or something. And mm-hmm. when you play great, you're a, you're a 10, a 10 out of 10. And I was like, yeah, okay. So you need to get your intensity at a 10 to be your greatest. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh man. So to this day, I still, I think to myself, like before I go on the ice, like be a 10, be a 10, be a 10. And, right, right, you know, right. These, these are just like, man, goalies are so weird. And this makes me just talking out loud about this. I'm like, man, we're not, we're a different breed. Aren't we? uh, you know what? I think it, uh, I mean, we've, the show is, we're almost two years doing the show now. And I think it's uh, one thing I've noticed is it, it just comes with the territory, man. You know, like everybody's brain is, is different. Um, you know, the level you play at requires such a high level of, of execution performance. And at the end of the day, you, you got to just do the things that, you know, you uncover the things that kind of trigger you to bring that performance out on any given night. Um, and, you know, you say you do the same thing over 10 years, guys do other things when you sort of find that that thing that helps you click, you know, you, you, you got to be able to just ignore it and, and do that. That's what helps you perform. That's why you make money playing the game. Uh, you know, that's why you've been successful for, for so long. Right. I mean, uh, you know, it, it seems weird, but don't worry. Only goalies listen to the show. So everybody would be like, oh, I'm going to, you'll see kids. They'll start going out and doing that now. So <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's, I always get quoted like, uh, you know, I shouldn't even say this, but I get, I get quoted as like the normal goalie. Everyone's always, like, yeah, that's oh, good. You're, you're, you're like all my, all the teammates are always like, ah, Garth's probably one of the most normal goalies. And then I'm sitting there in my head. I'm like, I'm like, you don't, you don't know what, you don't know what goes on in this head. You don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, so, so for, you know, I think the last routine that we typically talk about is, uh, you know, uh, your post goal routine, do you do the same thing with the water bottle that you do there or you do something else? Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. I just like spray the water bottle, look at the drop. And then usually like, I'll just say in my head, like one shot at a time or, or next day mm. or whatever it is. Like, mm. I don't, I don't know if I have like a routine over it. I think like, it's kind of just like, as I've gotten older, I've just tried to like care less. And yeah, yeah. when the, like, you know, I think, I still care so much because I know that when I have a bad game, I go home and I won't sleep a minute because I'm replaying each goal and thinking of how I could have stopped that. So, um, you know, that's like part of the business and that just, you're a goalie. That's just normal. And, um, for me, I just try to reset as quick as possible and just like focus on the next thing because at the end of the day, like the puck's already in the net. You can't take it back, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It it seems like something you use as well to, to kind of just, uh, you know, manage your performance is a lot of self-talk. Would you say you, you obviously do a lot of that? Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. It's, it's, again, it's like one of those things I, I don't even think about. I've just done yeah. it for so long that you, you don't even think about it, but yeah, I think so. I think I, I really do. Uh, like throughout the game, I'm probably talking to myself quite a bit and yeah. Um, is, it, is it always positive or do you kind of catch yourself when it gets negative? 
I mean, sometimes it's it's like we're only human, and and that's for sure. Like it's like for me, I know personally, like I'm a pretty accountable person. So when I make mistakes, I always feel very like I I know that's my fault, or I know yeah. that was bad on my part, or whatever. And I think I've always like carried that throughout my career, but at the same time, like. For I think when I self-talk, I actually don't like I'm not sitting there like, you know, okay, today was a good day and I'm doing great and keep mm. doing great. Like I think it's more like, okay, like, hey, be a 10, be a 10, be a 10. Yeah. Or like, yeah. you know, it's just like little, little little phrases like here and there. And like I think that's kind of more or so what I do opposed to, yeah. you know, maybe what some other people do. Pl- plan planning uh, you're basically planting the seeds of, of just some positivity or you know, things that you want to go out there and be, and then it sort of manifests when you go out there and start playing. Right. Yeah. Like, and just like, for me, I know that when, when I'm at my best is like, I'm engaged. So like anything I can do to like, keep my, keep myself engaged in the game. Like I'm playing for a team right now where we don't give up like anything. So we give up like 15, 20 shots a game where of course in a professional hockey league, you're going to get a breakaway or, uh, you know, like some good chances against. So like, it, it can be really difficult. And um, like last game I played, I, I played a really good game where I only mm. had 15 shots, but I, I saved a breakaway in a two on one. And, mm. um, but throughout that game, no matter how many shots I had, I noticed that I was like, I was so engaged that I felt so in control of the situation, mm. probably because I just, you just have that feeling and that, that just comes from, you know, doing it time and time again and, yeah. and all that. So, yeah, so, sometimes uh, the harder game is the one where you get less shots, right? I mean, you're used to it in junior and college. You probably got pelted pretty good, and you kind of just when you get the that that high volume of shot, it helps you stay engaged a lot more. I think that's just a, a great word to describe it. And then when you get into these games where you're only getting like 10, 15, it's harder to stay engaged, and it's it's almost harder than the games you get more shots, right? Yeah, like as goalies, like we all know the feeling like it. you get 10, 12, 15 shots. Like, you know, that like, you know, if they get a, a breakaway or a good chance, like you're not in the rhythm, you're not feeling right. what you normally would feel like in a, in a, in a game where you're getting all those shots and it just happens. You just think, you don't think the game, you just do it. And when it's so little shots, you are thinking the game because you're, you have so much time and you're, you're thinking, okay, like, well, this next shot, I'm, make sure I do this or that, that happened fast. And I didn't yeah. feel very fast. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. uh, I think like doing those little like self-talk or having a self-talk or having a trigger or having a, like some sort of something for you to make sure that you're engaged at all times, no matter what the situation, I think that's mm-hmm. so important as a goalie, no matter, no matter what age, like 10 years old or 30 or 40 or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you know, finally during the week for for on and off ice, what what do you think are maybe your two biggest hacks for, you know, a drill you do or off ice exercise you do that that help you feel like uh, get an edge over the competition and stay ahead of everyone on a weekly basis? Well, I think like on the ice, I know I know for sure that like when I can't say it's just like one drill or one thing, but like we, I'm on the ice thirty minutes before the team every single yeah, practice yeah. no matter what so um and that's just foundational stuff so it's nothing crazy it's n- the, none of the drills are like literally none of the drills need more than one shooter and right. everything we're doing is just like crease movement 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 and then like shot to the stomach or shot to right. the hands Track post, and stuff. post out it's very very simple but it's so so beneficial because like in as a goalie you need the foundation and then you can do the other stuff second. Right. So like, if you can, if you can play the game, you're going to be, be, you're going to be like successful, but you need the foundation behind it. And then you're going to be really successful. So I think putting in that, that extra work, whether you have the access or availability to do that, I think mm-hmm. is so important because uh, those foundations, like for me personally have been so helpful. Like, and, and this is coming from, an older guy. So like if I was yeah. young and I had that, if I had that access to stuff like that, I, I mean, like it's so different and it would help so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mikey, uh, you have any last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing? No, I think, uh, good things happen to people that work hard. So that's my theory on life and theory on goaltending. If you work hard, good things will happen.
Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, buddy. Obviously amazing career so far. And you know, everyone's just going to love hearing in detail, you know, how you're able to obviously ride the ups and downs and achieve so much success up to this point, you know, hopefully help them break through wherever they are right now to get to the next level. I know people are going to love today's conversation. So, uh, can you just let people know where they can get in touch with you online? Uh, I have an Instagram that is public. So it's just my name in one word, Michael Garteg. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, I think. <laughs> right on. So go check out Michael Garteg and, and all on uh, his Instagram link will be available in the show notes uh, if you want to go connect with him. And he's played the next level and experienced uh, tons of success for years now. And I know he's got a very bright future ahead of him. So uh, wish him nothing but continued success in his uh, in his career, but maybe somewhere down the road, you know, we'll have you back on the show if that's something that interests you, man. Yes, of course. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm grateful for you uh, coming on, buddy. Good luck as we roll into the thick of the season. Take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon, man. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning to this week's episode, Goalies. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come on to the show in the next few months. Make sure to tune back into the show in two weeks and every other Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next episode, I have current Providence Bruins AHL starter Kyle Kaiser coming on the show. And Kyle is just an amazing person with great uh, great character, great worth ethic, and tons of resilience. And we dive into the ups and downs of his career hailing originally from Florida uh, before traveling up uh, to upstate USA and playing in the OHL to getting passed up in the NHL draft to concussion issues uh, to now being a top goaltender in the American Hockey League, getting rostered with the Bruins this season. So he's knocking on the doorstep to the NHL and, like I said, has just great energy and I couldn't be happier for how far he's come in his career. And I know you guys aren't going to uh, miss this one, so make sure to tune back next week. And finally, big shout out to all the people who rate and review our show. We are so grateful uh, for everybody. Just I always constantly uh, go through there, check out what people are saying. The feedback has been phenomenal, and I'm just so grateful for you guys. So whether you got something out of the show or you want to enter into our giveaway, uh, please go leave a, a rating and review so when people come to look at the show or they, they, they browse through it in their, um, in their catalogs, you know, they look and, and uh, they see that it's worth their time and it means a lot to us. So please uh, leave a rating or review. Please share with your friends. And obviously, without further ado, here are the giveaway details for the NeuroTracker X subscriptions we're giving away. And to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. If you guys are also interested in getting started with the product, feel free to hit me up either by email or Instagram direct messages to get more details. Additionally, Spotify has now added uh, a rating and review section as well in the app. So uh, we also will be accepting rating and reviews in the Spotify app as well. Uh, in the in the process follows the same way. If you guys want to take a screenshot and send it over, uh, that'd be great. So get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next episode.